Chapter 13 I got Elena behind the motel and stood at the corner, screened by the decorative tree-sized cactus. I looked across Route 117 at the pickup truck. It had not moved, and for a moment I thought I might have been wrong about it. But then I saw a silhouette shifting in the cab. I turned around and looked out the back. No cars with silhouettes in the front. No group of two or three guys clustered around a tree. Not even a dog slinking between the rusted car bodies and engine axles. We walked around the side of the motel to the rear, where I had left the rental, crossed over the rock-strewn area before the street. In the car, I tucked the Glock locked and cocked between my right thigh and the seat. We drove out of town through the back roads and did not see another vehicle until we hit Route 117 about a mile north of the Desert Inn. Then, the road wound gently among the foothills. Elena was suddenly curious about me. It was like a game of twenty questions. She said, You are from here, Keeler, from Texas. I felt her looking at me. I looked at the road. I don't live anywhere. What do you mean you don't live anywhere? Think about it as a two-phased approach to life, like time and place. I am alive, but not currently rooted to any one spot. She said, I have no idea what that means. I said, Concretely, I got my discharge from the military a couple of years ago. Since then, you could say I've been traveling. Like a two-year vacation. Something like that. She said, Going where the wind blows. I said, That implies I'm a pushover. As if I don't decide, and the wind does. I don't think about it that way. But it may be right. You are in charge, but shit happens. Maybe everyone thinks they're in charge in their lives, but then shit happens. She said, One thing is for sure, shit happens. I said, Damn straight it does. So you are like some version of a bum. I have nothing against bums. Too handsome to be a bum. Doesn't talk like a bum. Doesn't act like a bum. I said, I'll take that as a compliment. Never said I was a bum, just said that I have nothing against bums and hobos. She said, tough to have a relationship with a woman if you're a bum. I have great relationships with women. What about your friend, the bald girl with the scar? I said, I got to Texas last night. I'm here to see her. She said, is your friend okay? No, she's definitely not okay. She's got a brain tumor which is why I came, to say goodbye to her. Elena looked at me. Goodbye like she is going to die. Correct, she is going to die. Like all of us, but in her case, the appointment has moved up in the calendar. Jesus, when? I said, this week, tomorrow, next week, next month. Not much longer than that. She said, that's really awful. I'm sorry to hear it. That's life. Anyway, you've got your own problems. Everyone always prioritizes their own problems. I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I said, Some problems are more clear and present than others. Most problems don't come with armed assassins. That's true. Where do you know her from, your friend? 
the Air Force. She's a combat rescue helicopter pilot. No shit. You worked with her. I said, I did. Elena looked out the window. The Ford was cruising along dutifully, neither under or overpowered. An uninteresting vehicle to drive. I looked at her. Her hair was blowing in the wind coming from the open window. She looked good, and I felt good, healthy and happy. She said, I've never been in this country before. You believe that? I've been to Europe, South America, never been to the USA. You've seen the inside of a motel room, up close and personal, and the inside of a car, and the outside, looking out the window. What do you think so far? I kind of like it. It's a great country, bigger than you can imagine. Where were you before you came to see your friend in Texas? I said, I was up in Vancouver, which is technically Canada. What was that like? Green and blue. Smelled like seaweed. I heard it rains a lot up there in the Pacific Northwest. It does in the winter, but right now it's beautiful. Clear blue skies, not too hot, not too cold. Pretty much perfect. She said, but then you had to come down to Texas for your friend. What's her name? Mallory. And her dad's Dave. You're a good friend then. A loyal person. We served together. It changes things. Elena put her hand up in her hair and manipulated it into a bun with some deft maneuvering. I said, what about you? Where are you from? She said, I'm from a place called Puerto Vallarta. Heard of it? Nope. It's a resort town on the Pacific coast in Jalisco. Like beaches and stuff. Beaches, restaurants, hotels. My parents ran a hotel, is how we got there, originally from Mexico City. I said, is that where you became a reporter? Did you study for that in college? Elena nodded. Lived ten years in Mexico City after college. Then back home to Puerto Vallarta? You got it. Why'd you go back? She said, you know how it is. There was a man involved. I said, is there still a man involved? Elena was studying the dashboard panel, worrying the surface with her fingertips. No, there's no man involved anymore. A half hour later, we arrived at the Walmart complex. I drove in through the gas station and crawled the car slowly into the lot for the second time that day. The parking lot sloped gently down to the buildings, crammed with cars. Walmart on the left, multiplex cinemas on the right. Then, a line of smaller stores. The multiplex building was as big as Walmart, and taller. Most of it was a plain prefab exterior with a Synergy Cinemas sign the size of a truck slapped on it, lit up in green and white. The Jeep Cherokee had not moved, the two slashed tires were flat as pancakes, and the guys who'd been in it were gone. Over to the right, I could see a glowing neon sign that read, Texas Roadhouse. I parked the Ford about 50 yards from the restaurant and got out, shoved the Glock into my waistband. Elena closed her door, and I locked the car with the key fob. The Texas Roadhouse was a chain restaurant. 
all dressed up like it did home cooking, which did not look likely given the size of it. If anything was home cooked in there, it stretched the idea of home pretty far. Not that I was bothered, I wasn't. I was hungry. The restaurant interior was bright, noisy, and crowded. We walked past tables covered with plastic baskets, holding paper-wrapped burgers, ribs, and a variety of fried foods. I saw Elena looking, just as interested in eating as I was. Mallory and Dave were already there, tucked into a corner booth at the back. Dave saw me first and waved us over. I slid in on the wall side next to Dave. Elena sat alongside Mallory. I said, Elena, meet Dave and Mallory. Elena said, pleased to meet you. Mallory and Dave reciprocated. A busboy approached, balancing a tray from which he unloaded a pitcher of ice water and four big glasses. When he was gone, Mallory and her dad turned to me, as if I could explain everything. I said, let's order first. We skipped lunch. Elena said, just lunch? The others got busy picking up their menus and scrutinizing them. I left mine on the table, figured the experts would know best. A uniformed waitress sidled up to our booth, an electronic tablet cradled in the crook of an elbow. She had a name tag shaped like the state of Texas. Her name was Camila. She said, Howdy, folks. Got any questions? Or are y'all ready to order? I said, I'm hungry. You choose. Camila didn't miss a beat. She'd rehearsed her lines. Well now, a T-bone steak is the biggest and the best, and it comes with three sides including waffle fries, coleslaw, and collard greens. All right, then. I'll have exactly that. Rare, medium, or well done? Rare. Elena ordered the filet steak, a leaner cut. Mallory and her dad both went the burger route, with plenty of extras. Waffle fries for Mallory, steak fries for Dave. We all ordered bottles of Coke. Then, just in case, Dave ordered an extra side of jalapeno poppers for the table. The waitress took our order and used a little stylus to translate the words into taps on her tablet. When she walked away, the others looked at me.